Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 171. Do you really need podcast stats or media hosting? Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting, where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. This is part two of this mini-series that I'm doing of challenging the podcasting assumptions of, do you really need, in this episode we'll talk about, do you really need podcasting stats and do you really need media hosting? The answers may surprise you as here I go with challenging the things that we've been taking for granted in the podcasting space, that since the beginning we've said, this is the way you should do it, or this is the way you have to do it, or this is the best way to do it. How many of these things really still stand true? How many of them have some yeah buts to them? And how many of these are things that we should just take down as an assumption altogether? This is a little mini-series that I'm doing that will be at least 10 episodes long of challenging each of these different podcasting assumptions, and I would love your feedback. You can get the entire mini-series by going to theaudacitypodcast.com slash assumptions or I'll have the list of the episodes in the show notes for this episode, theaudacitypodcast.com slash 171. And I'll tell you more about how you can send your feedback for assumptions you would like challenged in future episodes. But before we get into the meat of our discussion of podcasting stats and media hosting, I want to tell you about Podcast Masterclass. This is the class that I teach that is not for learning how to podcast. This is you're already podcasting, but you want to make your podcast so much better to take your podcast from average to amazing. That's what Podcast Masterclass is all about, teaching you stuff like how to monetize your podcast, how to improve your website, how to fix certain bugs in your podcast. Part of the course and what the previous participants have said was probably the most valuable thing to them is the thorough podcast evaluation where you give me a sample episode. I look at your show notes, your website, your RSS feed, your ID3 tags, your media hosting, your podcast stats, all of these different factors of your podcast and listen to your episode and find things about your episode that you may not have realized you're doing. And we talk about it and we say, these are the high priority things that you need to fix. These are some low priority things that you could fix. Here is how to fix these different things. So it's one-on-one, it's group coaching, learning how to conduct better interviews, get interviews, improve your podcast, grow your audience, get sponsors, make money from your podcast, and so much more. I have a lot of fun with Podcast Masterclass, and I'm confident that you will too. So go to podcastmasterclass.com to sign up and use the promo code TAPLISTENER. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R-T-A-P, listener, to save on your registration for Podcast Masterclass. The next course starts in May, and then after that, we'd probably be looking at maybe August or September. So if you want to get in on this next session, then go over to podcastmasterclass.com now and sign up for the new program, and it will be exciting. It is literally 
over a $6,000 value. And that's not just some inflated marketing speak, but that is if you were to hire me one-on-one to do all of this stuff with you, it would be over $6,000 and it doesn't cost near that. So it's a great value packed into this, a lot of fun for all of us involved in some group coaching, some one-on-one. I highly recommend it if you want to take your podcast from average to amazing. So Join me in Podcast Masterclass over at podcastmasterclass.com, and you'll always be able to see when the next session is by going over there to the website. So let's talk about your podcasting stats and media hosting, and are these things really necessary? First, let's focus on stats. Do you really need stats? Well, you don't have to have stats in order to podcast. In fact, the answer, I'll I'll give away the answer to you to both of these things. You don't have to have them, but are they good ideas and are they recommended and should you have them? That's what we'll be exploring here by challenging these assumptions. It's just outright, no, you don't have to have stats. You don't have to have media hosting for your podcast, but should you? So what stats are, there are three different kinds of stats that you could have for your podcast. And I talk more about podcast stats and different stats to consider and how to read your stats and such and what they mean in a previous episode over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash stats, or I'll have the link to that in the show notes for this number episode number 171. So there are basically three kinds of stats that are relevant to podcasters. Number one are your website stats. This is how people get to your website, how they interact with your website, what kind of content that they view on your site, what kind of technology that they're using. These kinds of stats are commonly tracked with something like Google Analytics, which is free and I do highly recommend it. It's extremely powerful, but there are many other services that can do very similar things, give you real time and time delayed stats and so much more. Number two, media stats. These track your media file usage, and they're usually attached with wherever your media file is linked. So if you attach your media stats to your file in your RSS feed, then it tracks your downloads through RSS, which means it tracks your downloads from iTunes, and it can also track your downloads through your website. Common places to get media stats are Blueberry, Libsyn, or PodTrack. Now with Libsyn, you have to host your media with them in order to get their media stats. But PodTrack and Blueberry, you don't have to host with them. But among these, if you want stats and media hosting together, I really recommend Libsyn or Blueberry, or you could even combine both of them together. But there are also other media hosts like SoundCloud, Spreaker, and so on that have their own stats too, but they're just not as thorough and as accurate as I think you'll find Libsyn and Blueberry to be with their stats. And then the number three kind of stats are feed stats. These are very misleading stats and they're very, very far from accurate because they only account for your RSS usage on a particular day and they don't even account for your website playback. I've said before and it's still true that I get about half of my audience playing podcast episodes on my website. That means that that's half of my audience that doesn't show up in RSS stats. So the 100 people that I get today could be a completely different 100 people from tomorrow, and that could be a completely different group of hundreds of people as who visit my website and click play. So 
FeedBurner, a common place to get RSS stats or FeedBlitz. FeedBurner may say something like, you have 100 subscribers, but my actual loyal listeners may be closer to 300 or 500 or many more because the numbers are not accurate at all. Just look at these things for direction, not actual numbers. But FeedBurner is the way that you could track that, but it's really unnecessary to track with FeedBurner. And really, I don't recommend FeedBurner at all anymore unless you're using a third-party hosting provider to create your RSS feed without your own domain name in it. So there are other stats that you could bring into this because these aren't the only kinds of stats that you could get from all kinds of places. Like you could look at your Twitter followers, your Facebook likes, your Google Plus circles, your YouTube subscribers, your email list, and all of these and many more numbers that you could consider. But most of these other numbers have almost no correlation whatsoever with your actual podcast audience size. So I don't count these other things as podcast stats. One of my Twitter accounts for a podcast has over 10,000 followers to that podcast's Twitter account, but the podcast itself doesn't get 10,000 downloads. It gets fewer than that. So there isn't an exact correlation here between them. That's why we can't really count these other things as part of your statistics, but it could count as somewhat your overall reach. But we're focusing on podcast stats, media stats. So why should you use stats? The main reason to use podcast stats is to know more about your audience and measure the performance of your podcast. For example, do you know how many people are visiting your website on a mobile device? If you have a desktop design site that only looks good on a desktop browser, but half of your audience is visiting your site with a mobile device, you might need to change themes or redesign your site so that it works better for mobile people. You could only figure that out by either surveying your audience or by looking at your stats. What about how many people listen to your podcast through Stitcher or through iTunes or through any other particular podcast app? You can find that from stats. Or yes, you could survey your audience, but when you do that, you're going to get just a small response, but you can get such a bigger response through your podcast stats. Stats can also help you by automatically reporting this information to you or you go and check it when you want to check it. Caution, don't get addicted to checking your stats. But your media stats will also show you stuff beyond just your website stats, which show you how people visit your website. Your media stats can show you how people download your episodes, even if they don't visit your website. And what you can see through your media stats are how one episode performed in relation to another episode. So you might see that episode five, for some reason, was downloaded twice as many times as episodes four and six. So then you can start to try and figure out why did that episode get so many more downloads? You can see that it performed very well. But do not get addicted to your stats. This can cause trouble. This can cause some stress. And especially on the day that you release your podcast episode, do not look at your stats on that day. Because although that episode may be available immediately in your RSS feed, it may take up to, and it usually does take, up to three or four days for the majority of your audience to download that episode. For So for you to check it the day that you release it, 
won't tell you really anything at all. It just tells you who checked it right at that moment and downloaded your latest episode. So it's not telling you anything at all about your audience size at that moment. If you check your stats regularly, which I do, every morning I load up about 20 or 30 different tabs that check my stats and analytics across all properties, my affiliate reports, my website stats, my podcast stats, everything. I just have all of these in a group of tabs or a group of bookmarks inside of my browser. I right click on that group and I say, open all of these in a new window. And then my computer comes to a crawl in speed as it loads all of these tabs. But then I go through them and just very quickly check them. But I only check it once per day. And if you check your stats once per day or in any kind of regular schedule, the main thing I suggest looking for are patterns and spikes. Don't look for the actual numbers because the numbers are highly relative depending on your industry, your field, your your approach to things, how you're marketing stuff. But look for those patterns. Are you going up? Are you going down? Is there a certain cyclical pattern that happens? Do you see that you have old episodes still being downloaded today in large numbers? Or do you see a particular spike on a certain episode or a certain day? Then you can find out what made that particular episode or that particular day perform so well. That's the kind of thing to look for in your stats. Patterns and spikes, not the actual numbers. Because the numbers can sometimes be disappointing if you just have 10 or 20 visitors per day, maybe even fewer than that. So the numbers don't matter that much unless you're going to get a sponsor. So who should use stats? You don't have to use stats, but there are some cases where you should be using stats with your podcast and you should be aware of your stats for your podcast. If you want a sponsor for your podcast or ads on your site, then you must have good statistics because almost no sponsor would consider advertising on your podcast if you can't tell them how many impressions their sponsorship would get. They want to know, is this worth the $10, the $100, the $1,000, whatever it is that they're going to pay you to sponsor your podcast? Is it worth it? If your podcast gets 10 downloads per episode and you're asking $100 to sponsor your podcast episode, that's a bit too much because the sponsor would look at it and see, wow, $100 to get in front of the ears or the eyes of 10 people? That's not worth it. But if you have better stats and you can show them, look, I get 10,000 downloads per episode. And in a month, all of my episodes, my entire back catalog is downloaded 100,000 times. So I'm still getting downloads. And here's the audience size, the potential impressions you could get by sponsoring just one episode, you could get 10,000 impressions. Then a sponsor would be interested and think about the, the performance that they would get from this, their return on investment. Having your stats being tracked for your episodes and having a history of these are also very important for giving what we call social proof or giving that evidence that your podcast is performing well when you want to speak with a special guest. It could be a celebrity or someone special you're wanting to interview in your podcast. If you go to a celebrity or their agent rather, because you can never really schedule an interview directly with a celebrity, but if you go to their agent and you say, I want to have this celebrity on my podcast. One of the questions they'll probably ask is, 
What's your audience like? How many people do you reach? Because they want to make sure that they're not wasting their time on the tiny little podcasts that won't really promote the actor or actress very well. That it's it's the same kind of thing as a sponsorship, except they're not paying you in money. They're paying you by letting you speak with this person you'd love to speak with. So you need to have some good numbers in order to back this up. The actual numbers that you need may or may not be that important, depending on your industry and on the celebrity that you want to interview. But the better the numbers look, the better it would be to that person. So you could you could go to an agent and say, my podcast gets a thousand downloads per episode. And this is a thousand passionate fans for this celebrity. And they would be so excited to hear from the celebrity in my podcast. See, now that you have a number, which you get from your stats, you have leverage in order to get these special guests onto your show. If you can also show things like, hey, we're the number one result in Google, or we have the most iTunes reviews, or we're the highest rated on iTunes, or we've appeared in this top 10 list in these different places, all of those things are giving special social proof, and you get that information from different methods of your stats. But if you're not concerned at all with monetizing your podcast or with getting any special guests on your episodes, if this is just a hobby for you that you're doing just for the fun of it and you really don't care to know how many people are listening, then stats may not be important at all to you and you wouldn't need to implement stats. But I do highly recommend it because at some point you may be interested to know how is my podcast doing? What episode was most popular? What kind of content resonates really well with my audience and is shared highly? So I do highly recommend that you have stats. In fact, I would go so far as to say that your stats are kind of like the health gauge or the gas gauge for your podcast. Sure, you can keep going along with an assumption of your podcast engagement and performance. But at some point, it's nice to be able to see how your podcast is performing, and your stats are how you would measure that performance. So some ways to get these stats are, well, for your website, I recommend that you use Google Analytics. It's free to use, and you just sign up with a Google account. It could be even your Gmail account. And for a WordPress plugin, I recommend Google Analyticator. That's analytic with ADER on the end, A-T-O-R. Just search for that, or if you just search for Google Analytics in the WordPress plugins dashboard uh, in your WordPress site, you'll be able to find it. I'll also have a link in the show notes for this episode, number 171. But it's a very easy plugin for integrating analytics into your site, and in fact, showing you your analytics in your WordPress site. So you don't have to leave WordPress to see how is your website performing. For media stats, Either host your media with Libsyn or Blueberry or add the Blueberry stats to wherever you host your media because these both companies are media hosts and they can host this for you and when they host your media, they provide the stats. Or if you host your media somewhere else, you can use Blueberry's free or their premium stats to track your media usage. You can also use PodTrack, but I really prefer Blueberry for this. And you can use the promo code NOODLE with either service to get a free month of any one of their premium offerings that they have for getting podcast stats or podcast hosting for your podcast. So do you need podcast stats? No, you don't need them. But I do 
highly recommend that you have stats for your website and for your media. Don't worry about the RSS stats because those are highly inaccurate and that introduces other complications for you. But I just recommend that you not be blind about your podcast performance. So you should have stats at least tied into your podcast, even if you never, ever look at them until you actually need them. In fact, take that approach to it. Put the stats on your podcast, but don't look at them until you actually need them. But have those stats building from the beginning or as early as you can. The best time to implement podcast stats is the same thing as the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. So implement those stats now. That's my recommendation, but you don't have to have stats to have a podcast. Next, what about media hosting? This is a lot more controversial because this is a big issue. A lot of podcasters talk about media hosting and all of the professional podcasters and podcast consultants will highly recommend getting media hosting for your podcast. I've talked about different podcast hosting options like website, uh, media hosting and such over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash hosting. And also I've talked specifically about the different comparisons of different media hosts over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash media hosting. And I have those links in the show notes for this episode, number 171. But what is media hosting? Let's look at the big picture of this. Your website lives in one place, such as an account on Bluehost or HostGator, or you have a server with WireTree, HostDime, or any of these other companies that I recommend. And I have affiliate links in the show notes if you're interested. These hosting companies focus on hosting your website and any kind of website applications that run on your server. It might not be something that's public facing, but it is running on your server. And that's typically more with a dedicated or a virtual private server for those. Media hosting is a specialized service for hosting just your media files, not your website, not your HTML, not even really your images. It's for hosting your MP3 files, your video files, your audio files, and other formats. That's what a media host is for. And the best media hosts out there are, I think, Libsyn and Blueberry. I have links in the show notes and make sure that you use the promo code noodle with either of these to get a free month of their service. But why should you use or even consider media hosting? Every time you release a podcast episode, it's in its highest demand as soon as you release it or within the first two or three days after you release it. And then that high demand continues for about a week to two weeks after you release that episode. In fact, I've got a chart in the show notes for this episode, number 171, that shows some of my podcast download stats. And you can see that the first two days are double what the third day is. But the third day's downloads are double what the eighth day's downloads are. And the eighth day's downloads are double what the the 15th day's downloads are, and so on. And then there's some long tail with the episodes being downloaded here and there. But within those first couple days are when you get the most demand for that particular episode once it's available in your RSS feed. So let's do a little math here. Let's assume you have an audio podcast and your average episode length is with whatever format you're using, your file size is 25 megabytes per MP3 file. 
If you get just 100 downloads in the first day of releasing your file, 25 megabytes times 100, that's about two and a half gigabytes that your hosting has to put out there in a very short time, 24 hours, six hours maybe even, for just those first 100 downloads. That's a lot of bandwidth being required. If you do a video podcast, then your file sizes will be much larger because there's a lot more information to communicate through a video file. So you could have even just a short video file being 100 megabytes in size. And if you're pushing that out to 100 people, that means 10 gigabytes of bandwidth for just 100 downloads on that first day. That's a lot of bandwidth that you're pushing out there. I don't know about you, but many people don't have even their home bandwidth to be able to upload 10 gigabytes in a day, depending on their home internet connection. Now, web servers have a lot more bandwidth, a much faster connection to the internet, yes. But that's still a lot of information to push out there in a single day. And these are small files, small episodes with a small audience. Imagine if you had a thousand people downloading in that first day, then that would be 100 gigabytes for a 100 megabyte file. That would be so many more downloads than maybe your server could put out. Because a shared web hosting provider, something like Bluehost or HostGator, often tell you that they offer unlimited bandwidth. And that's true to an extent, but it's not, it's kind of like an all you can eat buffet where they say all you can eat, but they won't let you take the food home. They won't let you keep coming back every single day and every single meal and only pay that one $10 or whatever it is price and you get literally all you can eat. So it's not literally unlimited bandwidth. There are certain limits. And one of the basic limits that a shared web hosting provider will have, a company like Bluehost or HostGator, is that they don't really have the back end to support that massive demand and flood of simultaneous downloads for your podcast episodes. That 100 downloads that may be happening all at the same moment, requesting 10 gigabytes of information within a few minutes. A server might not be able to handle that if you're using a server from something like Bluehost or HostGator. So just think about how much your own computer would slow down if you tried to copy 125 megabyte files to an external hard drive and you're trying to copy 100 of them all at the same time. You could line them all up and that makes each one go faster, but then That means the last file takes a lot longer because it has to wait to get to its place in line. Even your own computer slows down in hosting this, and a web hosting computer does the same thing because a web hosting server is just another computer out there. It's often much more powerful, and it's designed for certain things. But still, there are certain actual limits. So when you say that your web hosting company says unlimited, you need to realize there are actually limits to that, practical limits of how much you can do at a single time and how much demand it can handle within a short amount of time. So a podcast media hosting company like Bluehost or Libsyn is designed to handle this kind of high demand on your file when you first release that file. They often even use a cloud distribution network or a CDN to be able to put that file closer to where people are. So if someone is in California and they 
download your podcast, they might be downloading that episode from a server that's much closer to them. Like it could be in Los Angeles or San Francisco or Dallas, Texas, or, or somewhere that's closer to them. But someone who is downloading your podcast episode from New York City might be getting that file from Chicago or Atlanta or, or anywhere somewhere closer to them. So these two people at opposite ends of the country are downloading the same file at the same time. But because you're using a media host that applies a CDN, a cloud distribution network, these two simultaneous downloads are downloading the same file, but from different locations as your file is distributed across the cloud network. That's what CDNs are for. So that means a much faster download for them, a much lower demand on a single server for serving these files out there. And it means you can serve so many more files at the same time. So a podcast media host moves all of this demand for your media files away from your website server and onto their own server, which is designed to handle this kind of media demand or across several different servers designed for this. This means that if you get a thousand people or a million people downloading your podcast episode, it won't slow down your website because none of these requests are coming through your website. They're going to your media host and your media host isn't hosting your website. So all of the bandwidth that they're having to serve isn't affecting your website then. So your website doesn't slow down and it doesn't crash when you get a lot of downloads of your media files. Some web hosting companies have specific limitations on how you can host multimedia files, like SiteGround, for example. A web hosting company out there offers unlimited storage and unlimited bandwidth, but in their terms that you have to agree to, they actually say, well, you can't host more than so many gigabytes of multimedia files. Other hosting companies may have specific terms limiting how many simultaneous downloads there can be, or what kind of bandwidth usage you can have at a single moment. Yes, it's unlimited, but if you abuse that and take advantage of that unlimited all at one moment, then you are abusing their limits, really. So that's why web hosting companies have those kinds of limits in place, but media hosting companies often don't. So moving your podcast media to a media hosting company helps you protect your website against these performance hits, and it makes sure that you are not violating any terms of service by trying to demand too much from your media or from your website host. An additional benefit with the top media hosting companies out there like Libsyn and Blueberry are that they also provide media stats along with your podcast. And if you host your media with these companies, then you don't have to worry about adding a particular redirect or some special code to be sure that every download of your file is tracked in your stats because that code is automatically added with your regular download URL. So as long as you're linking to that file, then it is tracked as a download in your media stats as well. So who should and who shouldn't use media hosting? All of the podcasting professionals and consultants out there will say, get media hosting for your podcast. And I do recommend you should get media hosting for your podcast. But I'm saying should. It's not actually required that you have media hosting for your podcast. If you have a tiny audience, you may actually be able to get away with hosting your media 
on your web server. I did this for several years. My web hosting company let me host my media on my server. And I still, even though I'm now on a much bigger server, a virtual private server, and now I actually have two separate web servers because of my podcast reviews, which I'll tell you about in a moment. But those servers now have specific limits. I know how to work with them. So I continue to host some of my media on my own website server. But most of my podcast media, like the Audacity to Podcast, our Once Upon a Time podcast, and several of the other popular ones, are using a dedicated media host. If you have a virtual private server or a dedicated server, kind of like I do, and you're using a place like Wired Tree or HostDime, links in the show notes for this episode, number 171 for those, you do have definite limits on your bandwidth and on your CPU usage. So you have a lot more freedom with what you can do within that limited space and limited uh, allotment to the resources, but carefully monitor these limits if you're going to host your podcast media on these servers. You may have no problem whatsoever, but do realize that every request for those files will slow down your server just a little bit. And if you get a lot of slowdowns, as tiny as they are, they can add up to really slowing things down or even crashing certain things. And it can be very easy to start pushing terabytes of data out every month. Before I switched to using Libsyn for my media hosting, I was hosting all of my podcast episodes, even the Audacity podcast, on my website server. And I was pushing out three and a half terabytes per month. And that was several years ago. That was before the Audacity to Podcast got more popular. That was before I launched our Once Upon a Time podcast. Now, I think the amount of bandwidth that we're pushing out per month would probably be closer to 20 terabytes. And that's just a guess uh, based on the size of the audience now and how much content we have out there. So if your podcast is popular or you think you have a legitimate chance for it to get popular, I do think you should have media hosting. But if you have no chance of ever being popular and you have a tiny audience and you're just doing this for a tiny little hobby, then you might not need media hosting. But in any case, make sure that your media hosting is compatible. And I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. But how you use media hosting really depends on with whom you're hosting your media. Because some certain companies will have a different kind of workflow and you may manage the stuff all through one service or through multiple services or different apps. If you want to manage everything through WordPress, then I recommend that you use Blueberry as your media host because if you sign up for Blueberry and that's without the ease for their media hosting, it integrates with the PowerPress player. So while you are writing your blog post for your podcast episode, you can upload your podcast media file into Bluehost right there, and it even handles your ID3 tags automatically for you. But if you want a bit more flexibility and a backup RSS feed, then you could use Libsyn instead. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N. And I have, of course, links in the show notes for either of these. But if you're really tight on money, and you still want to have your media hosted elsewhere, then you could consider a service like Podbean, Podomatic, or even archive.org. These services usually don't provide as thorough of stats as Libsyn or Blueberry does, and their download speeds may not be that great, and their ease of integrating with your current system may not be 
all that great either. But whatever you do, don't use the RSS feeds that these separate companies provide to you. And especially don't try to hack something together to use for podcast media hosting, like Dropbox and Google Drive. Although these may seem very tempting because it's free storage and certain bandwidth limits that you may not actually be aware of, these things also need to meet a particular technical requirement for podcast media hosting, like byte range requests. This is what iTunes requires, and now certain other services are requiring this as well. This allows me to basically request just a portion of your file from anywhere inside of that file. So I can request the bytes from 1,000 to 2,000 and skip the first 1,000 and skip the last 10,000. I request just those bytes, just that range of bytes. That's what byte range requests are for and allows people to be able to stream the episode from anywhere in the episode especially on mobile devices. So this is a technical requirement and certain services may not support this. Dropbox does support this, but Dropbox has a daily bandwidth limit as well. And if you go over that, then your files are no longer available for download. And they may even shut down your account if you consistently go over your daily bandwidth limits, which are something like, I think, 10 gigabytes. And that's a very easy limit to hit. Google Drive has its own complications, and many of these other services you might hack together can be very difficult to try and integrate them with your own system, and they may have some complicated workflow. So don't try and do it. Don't try and hack things together just for the sake of saving some money here or there. If you need to do something for free, then consider archive.org. It's slow. It's much slower than Libsyn. Uh, It's still pretty good. It's certainly better than hosting it from your own computer at your home. We did a podcaster's roundtable a while back about media hosting. It was a great conversation with Ray Ortega from the podcaster studio, Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting, myself. And also we had two guests with us from separate podcasts and representing separate ideas of media hosting. One said, no, absolutely not. You don't need your own media hosting. I refuse to get media hosting. The other said, yes, I need media hosting, but I'm doing a kind of mixed way. And so it's a great conversation. And I have that video embedded in the show notes for this episode, number 171, or you can get the link to that podcaster's roundtable to watch it and view those show notes from the show notes for this episode at the audacitypodcast.com slash 171. So do you need separate media hosting for your podcast? I would say for most podcasters, almost every podcaster, yes, you do need separate media hosting. Whether you pay for that is different to your needs, but I do recommend that you have separate media hosting. But do you need it? Maybe not, but if you have a growing podcast, I do think that you do need it. You may be able to go unnoticed by hacking together some kind of system or by flying under the radar and hosting your media with your own web hosting company. But at some point that might cost you and it might get you in trouble. And then you might be in a real problem to try and switch everything over or find a new host or you're losing audience members or anything like this. I understand that there's the stress of all of these different expenses because you could look be looking at $5 a month for your website, 10 or $15 a month for your media hosting, 
and it can start to look expensive. And if you're serious about podcasting, this is an investment that I think is worth it for you. But again, if you are short on money and you're just doing this for a hobby, there are these free alternatives like archive.org or some of these others that I've mentioned. But you could even consider using your media host as your website host. Both Libsyn and Blueberry offer this and you have a limited functionality for your website, but it could work so that you're only paying one bill instead of two bills and then you also have your media hosting. And there are many other options to media hosting. I know like Amazon S3 or Rackspace Cloud Files and stuff. I talked more about them in my blog post at theaudacitypodcast.com slash media hosting. So the short answers to both of these things are no, you don't need stats and no, you don't need to have media hosting. But I do highly recommend these things, especially if you have a growing podcast audience. And I would say If you get more than 100 downloads per episode, then you need podcast media hosting. Well, how do you know if you're getting more than 100 downloads per episode? Then you need podcast stats to know that information. So my recommendation is, yes, you should get these, but you don't have to have them in order to have a successful podcast. I've got two announcements for you. One is, this is your last chance to register for the May Podcast Masterclass. I'm really looking forward to this. I had a blast in the first Podcast Masterclass, and I'm looking forward to helping you take your podcast from average to amazing. Go to podcastmasterclass.com to sign up over there. But I'm also really excited about this new thing that I've teased for a while. I've called it Podcast RPM, and that actually stood for something, but it was the backward initials for my podcast reviews. Right now, I've got a landing page up and the service will be launching soon over at mypodcastreviews.com. So sign up for the email list to be announced uh, over there at mypodcastreviews.com. Sign up for that email list and you get a free ebook with that that I just created, seven ways to get more iTunes reviews for your podcast. You can also buy that ebook from my own website for $5, but you can get it free over there at mypodcastreviews.com. So you, if you sign up for that separate email list, you'll be notified of news and announcements about my podcast reviews. But why is this? If you can't tell by the name alone, my podcast reviews will be an online service to automatically deliver to you the latest reviews for your podcast or podcasts from iTunes. This will be a way that you can add your podcast, or if you host several podcasts, you can then easily get all of the reviews from all of the international iTunes stores automatically delivered to you. There are going to be different plans for if you just have one podcast and you want a weekly email, or if you have multiple podcasts and you want a daily email, or if you're one of those types that you like to spy on your competition, you want to do certain market research, or you run a really big podcast network, there is a special enterprise plan for that too, where you can just pay based on how many podcasts that you add to it. I'm really excited about this, and it will be launching very, very soon. You can watch for the announcement at mypodcastreviews.com and sign up for that email list to get that free ebook and the announcement of when the service is coming, announcement of pricing options and such, announcement of when the affiliate program is available. But I'm really excited about this because it will be an awesome service. It's something that I need because the tools that are out there right now are really slow or they're very limited 
or just one of them, Commentcast, for example, is OS X only. And Commentcast is actually dead. You can't buy it anymore. And there are other things out there that you can try, but they're just not very thorough. So that's why I've decided to finally put together my plans and launch my podcast reviews, which has been in the works for over a year and a half. But I decided finally to put the focus and the investment, the cash into this, getting some designers and developers to make this for me as we work together on this. So that's at mypodcastreviews.com. Check it out. I think you will love it. So sign up for the email list to be notified of when that comes out. I'd love to hear your thoughts on podcast stats and podcast media hosting. What do you use and how long did it take you to switch from one or the other? Are you glad that you switched? Do you think you've wasted money on certain options or what do you see as necessary for how you're doing things? Please comment on the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 171. That's also where you can get all of these links to the different sites and services that I mentioned for your podcast stats, your podcast media hosting, watch the video from Podcasters Roundtable, get the links to Podcast Masterclass, my podcast reviews. Everything is over there at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 171. If you'd like to send some feedback for upcoming episodes of the Audacity Podcast and suggest a podcasting assumption that should be challenged, please email feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221. You can also go to theaudacitypodcast.com on your computer or iOS device and send a voice message right through the website. And if you need help implementing media hosting or podcast stats or understanding this or anything with podcasting, please visit theaudacitypodcast.com slash consulting, and I'd love to help you one-on-one. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast to share your passions and find success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com and The Ramen Noodle on Twitter. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Like Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Resurrection, and Once Upon a Time all have their season finales coming up, and we've got podcasts about that. But we've also got great content like our Clean Comedy Podcast and our Personal and Professional Productivity Podcast and more at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.